Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Lenny here, and I have Rory. I just had a baby in my hand. Tyler, uh, Tyre, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm hanging out with my uh, four-month-old Josephine, just uh, having a great time. You know, and your entrepreneurship gets many names, right? And I had... Uh, corporate world, all that stuff. My, my, uh, one of my clients this morning said, Oh, you know, my family got sick last week. It was amazing that I was able to be dad for 48 hours because I, I run my own business. And, you know, that's not the stuff that's talked about enough, right? The freedom, maybe yeah. not freedom in hours of work, but freedom in picking your schedule. Yeah. It's yeah, so important. I agree. Um, and I, so what I'd like to do is, is kind of talk about your story where you want to start and we'll kind of go from there and, and, and totally up to you where we go. Yeah. So I work backwards. So right now I actually work for a pretty large professional services firm called horn and I work remotely and it's actually, it's one of those rare companies, I think where they really walk the talk of like flexibility. Um, yep. they, as an accounting firm, they went remote before it was like a thing that people were doing. And so, um, I'm really grateful for that flexibility. Um, I am an executive coach. And so my role at Horn, um, I'm a director in a kind of a consulting group called Accelerate. And so we help leaders and companies, you know, attack big goals, whether that's culture, you know, recruiting, retention, um, you know, quality of revenue, systematizing the processes. There's a bunch of things we can do. My particular specialty is working with leaders and leadership teams on leadership development, coaching, strategic planning, change management, that kind of thing. And so my favorite thing to do is to coach leaders one-on-one because I get to really get in deep with somebody over a six to 12 month period of time. Um, I, before this, I had co-founded a couple of leadership development organizations with some other people, uh, including a guy who kind of mentored and apprenticed me into the world of leadership development. He worked for this global organization called the Center for Creative Leadership for a very long time. And I initially met him through my wife, their families were friends growing up, and uh, he became CEO of a nonprofit and needed a vice president of marketing. And this was several years ago now. And um, my background just worked out really well to join him in that. And so that's when I kind of started following him around, apprenticed myself to him, um, developing people and just a lot of things grew from there. Eventually we left the nonprofit and started our own organizations. And so he and the rest of that team are mostly in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, actually, interestingly enough, which I've gotten to travel to a few times for work uh, and for personal reasons. And um, yeah, so I, I'm, an, I'm a coach. I, I live here in Greenville, South Carolina. I am married. My wife's name is Heather and I've got three daughters. And as you just saw, my youngest is four months old. And then I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. My wife is a physician assistant, so she works full time. The older two are in daycare. I just do not feel like putting our youngest in full time daycare yet because she's so little. Uh, and so, yeah, we live here in Greenville. Um, I love it in Greenville. Lived in Mississippi for about six years before this and then was in Chicago for a few years before that, which is where I met my wife. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm in a former life. I was a pretty active singer songwriter. 
uh, and I still do uh, write music. I just do not find as much time now between parenting and, and work uh, that I used to, and I love to read. And so that's basically all there is to know about me. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's interesting, right? I myself do consulting and then most of the co-founders in my private equity firm do consulting. So for me to hire somebody outside of us to take a look at our business is something I'm very used to. Yeah. And, and this is what you do. But, you know, part of what I think is great about hiring a consultant and kind of what you do is like, you, sometimes when you're in business, you can be, you know, you're in the weeds, they would say, right? And I yeah. think it's nice to have that outside person who doesn't have what I call a bias to anything that exists. He's just looking at pure facts and, yeah. and that third party. And that's why I think, you know, companies like yours that you work for that have, or, you know, outside somebody, it's so important now to have that different perspective. And, you know, can you talk on, you know, how much change you've seen and kind of, I think just me personally, I think people are more comfortable getting coaches than ever. Right. Yeah. And even when I started, probably when you did, it wasn't as, it wasn't as normal as it is today. Mm -mm. No, I think coaching used to be kind of an elite thing, you know, um, and it, it, a lot of this because of the internet, I think, I mean, it's kind of the wild west, like anybody can set themselves up and call themselves a coach and it becomes as much about branding and marketing. Um, and, and, you know, and if they've gotten results and they've got people who really say, yeah, here's the results I've gotten, like I'm certified by the international coaching federation, right? It's the largest global accrediting body. I've got a pretty rigorous standard of ethics that I, but you know, when it comes to like my presence online, like that really only matters for the organization that I'm a part of and my, my role there. But if I were just to set up independently, I think some people know what that certification means and would care and some people don't. Um, and that's honestly pretty humbling for me. Like I, it reminds me that most people don't really care necessarily about the certification. Like what they care about is, is results. Like, how do you come across? Can I trust you? You know, if I bring you in to work with me or my team, are you going to embarrass me? Like those are kind of the and, and so I kind of, there's two hats, right? The coaching and the consulting. And I try to keep them pretty distinct because with coaching, I'm really drawing stuff out of somebody. Uh, and if I'm coaching a team, I'm really helping them talk to each other. Like that's the best thing I can do is just help people have better conversations and usually like more elevated conversations because stuff gets so busy. Uh, and, and we just don't yeah. always make space, especially if you don't have a very, like, you know, use EOS as an example or, or some very formal system. You know, I come in and help try to establish that formality and help people be accountable to whether it's EOS or something else, I can help folks implement and um, be accountable to that rhythm. So, yeah, I think, I mean, and consulting gets a bad rap, like yeah. in, in some cases, rightfully so, right? I think some people, they just come in and they want to leave you with like, here's my report of everything that's wrong. Like have fun, <laughs> you know, like go deal with it. And I get to walk away and like strategic planning consultants have been some of the worst, I think, because they're basically like, I'll help you come up with this document. And then mm -hmm. it just sort of sits somewhere and there's nobody like helping with implementation accountability. And there is no, like, there's no value to a strategic plan unless it actually gets done. Like you have to figure mm -hmm. out what are the outputs we're measuring? What are the inputs that we have to measure to, to make those outputs likely over what time period? And where are we tracking and housing all this information? Mm -hmm. And then who's owning it and who's like, what's the check-in rhythm on actually doing it? And so we try to do that with the folks that we work with. And I think sometimes it makes us cost a little bit more because the value's there. Like we're not just leaving yeah. you with a report and then hoping, oh, good luck implementing it. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I appreciate you explaining that. I never had anybody on the podcast explain kind of the two differences when you're, when you're stepping in for the first time, obviously you have a checklist, but 
what are you seeing, you know, top two or top three kind of biggest problems when you look at businesses, uh, whether it be management or just in general? Well, and my sample is going to be biased by the folks that I've like ended up coming in the conversation with. Right. So I don't know how representative this is, but like some themes that come up a lot um, right now, obviously hiring and retention is really big. Um, people are trying to figure out like, what are the different levers I can pull, whether it's compensation or uh, like, you know, there's like eight stages to an employee life cycle and you have the opportunity to improve how people experience you at any of those eight where like the first stage is, is sort of like your branding, like how you show up to somebody who's, who's looking around prospective applicant. Then there's the recruiting process, which is how you actually go and find applicants. And then there's the actual hiring process and then there's onboarding. And so all those four things have taken place before someone is really like firmly in a full-time position. And so those are four areas where like we can really help people proactively add value and clean up stuff. And obviously some of this depends on the, like the size and sophistication of the company we're working with, how much of this people are even able to invest in. But like, so hiring and retention is huge. I think communication issues amongst, in particular amongst the leadership or executive team. Sure. Um, a lot of folks just do not slow down to have um, like higher quality working on the business, not in it kind of conversations. And some of this is because like facilitation so, so facilitation is the ability to take a group of people and move them through some kind of an experience in as effective way as possible, right? Most like CEOs or managers are not actually good facilitators because yes. either, even if you have the natural ability to bring stuff out of people, you need some training and some practice. And if you're so inside everything, you don't have that outside perspective, it can be hard to step back and like, mess with the rhythm or, or ask a better question. And so sometimes just having the outside facilitator come in and help people ask better questions, talk with each other in like a more elevated way. So communication issues are a big thing that I see. Um, and then I don't know how to describe this, but like, uh, like uncertainty of change. So like when, um, and that can be from external, just like there's a lot of stuff going on and we're trying to figure out how best to respond to a lot of the stuff or from internal, like, I know something has to change. I don't know how, I don't know how to get other people on board. I don't know how to communicate about it effectively or, Hey, I'm three months into this thing. And I thought everyone would be happy about it. And it's falling flat because actually everybody hates it. And I don't know why <laughs> and I need your help. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have made all those mistakes before. And so from a change management, like change is its own specific category of human experience. And there are some things that are common across, I would argue, that are common across all humans and all endeavors of how we experience change. We have a preference that's like um, psychologically built in, like right or left handedness. All of us have a preference of how we experience change. Some people need a lot of it and some people don't need or want a lot of it. And we need all of those people in our teams because the ones who don't want a lot of it tend to help remind us of like why we're doing something and and like remind us of past progress and like hey we we decided on this for a reason and the folks that need a lot of it are helping us to not get stagnant and move forward and we need each other so those three things like those have come up recently in a lot of conversations i've had no it's so it's so important you know me i'm in in the midst of it as as it sits right now you know we yeah. have five other owners but they're not here right yeah. and i'm the ceo slash owner and what we've been doing is, is God bless one of my co-owners is he's been checking in with me three times a week for 15 minutes. And we might not even talk about anything, mm. but it makes me not feel like I'm alone out here. Yeah. And just having those little things, you know, because I am totally comfortable with the weight of the world on my shoulders. 
but I had nobody to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, and it's that communication piece. We might even BS about golf, but it's just nice to talk to somebody that's not an employee or yeah. a manager or my spouse. And it's making me realize how important that, like even my masseuse is now kind of my quasi therapist, you know? And it's like- Whether it's or not so, they want that. That's no, no, and he does want that. If it's so nice, it's like, dude, this is, I was like, you don't even have to massage me. Let's just shoot the shit, you know? <laughs> because I am, an, you know, I'm a type A, I'm a driven person. I don't need yeah. any motivation. And I push, I push, I push, I push. And so I've had to check myself and be like, you know, you know, you might be moving quick, but this is also a $4 million boat that doesn't move. Yeah. You know, you have to check the speed, right? How do you tell your management team, like they might be driven person, but their team might need that coaching along. How do you facilitate yeah. that kind of movement? Yeah. And what, I mean, one of the dangers of folks who are as driven as you is from the field of change management, as you see so clearly where things mm -hmm. could be that mm -hmm. don't exist yet you're compelled by that. And in your mind, there's almost a sense in which like, it's already happened. We just have to discover it. Like, correct. And, and that gives you a fuel. And obviously the shadow side of that is you can start have blinders on, right. Or you can, mm -hmm. you can be driving so hard that you get burned out. The, the other side of that is if you try to communicate that vision, it's almost impossible to communicate it as effectively as it exists to you in your head. It takes mm -hmm. more time. Like you, you see something probably and you intuitively grasp, that it's compelling, which allows you to like take action and move quickly. But then I see this happening so many times, like folks in your position underestimate the amount of work and time needed to get people on board. And if you're not careful, you can potentially write people off. Like they're just trying to slow yeah. you down. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of people, they just need to have, there needs to be incentive alignment and there needs to be clarity. Like if you can help me see why I should feel as urgent about this as you should. Yeah. And it may not be selfish what's in it for me. It may literally be like, well, maybe I don't see how this is best for us either. Yeah. And if you can get them on board, you can turn them into some of your staunchest advocates. Um, but it requires a kind of slowing down to speed up that you like, that's not your natural pace. This, right? Well, this like, is how this is how good you are at what you do. I met with three of the, the senior people and had three hour meetings in my home with them. They asked me about my life. Mm -hmm. They asked me about our vision. Once they were on board, they told everybody else, this is our guy. Just listen to what he says. Yep. If I didn't do those meetings, this would, it would have been rough this yeah. last month. I'm curious you know? how like those meetings, how were, did you perceive them as draining for yourself or like, no, because, because I'm them? a coach and I love people yeah. and, and there are aspects, but but each one of those meetings was different. Mm -hmm. and, and let me explain. One was he's country and we went off-roading for two hours <laughs> and he got me in his car. I thought he was going to kill me. Uh, and then he, you know, and then the other one was in my home and we just talked about life. The guy's only had two jobs in his entire life. True wow. story. You ready for this? I said, Hey man, ever since that meeting, he showed up an hour early. I haven't asked. He's working harder than I've ever seen. I gave him direction. He's a leader now. I said, hey, man, I really appreciate your hard work. Thank you so much. In his 29-year career, not one boss has ever said, I appreciate you. He didn't even respond to me because he didn't know what to say. I only knew because he told somebody else that it took him, it literally took him an hour to, like, understand what just happened. Man, there's just so much bad leadership out there, like, there's a lot, and, and a lot of it, I say bad, like that's not necessarily a moral judgment. Like some people, 
just they've gotten to where they are by virtue of perseverance. Like they're in a leadership role because they were the most technically talented at something mm -hmm. and they outlasted other people. And at no point, and these are very like powerful, sometimes wealthy, yes. knowledgeable people. But at no point was somebody like, hey, you should probably regularly express appreciation and like positive affirming <laughs> feedback to people. It's, well, like, it's like you can go read like how to win friends and influence people or one minute manager. And it's like very basic, but they just they were able to succeed without it and who knows what they burned in the process or what they will continue to burn but like that's the kind of stuff that drives me and i'm like that shouldn't it's so easy to just it's, tell it's, somebody it's so i appreciate easy. you well what's interesting is right before we did this i knew i was going to buy small businesses i took out six months and studied nothing but leadership mm. because i was like what does leadership mean to me and i realized that i was entering a different phase of my life and it was no longer about me. Mm -hmm. It was about what we were creating. And the only way to do that was to empower other people. Yeah. So now I'm not getting all the credit. Now I'm the one lifting up. And, it's, and, and, and you have to have a purpose in your identity to know that it's bigger than you now. We've entered something yeah. different. And, and, and here's, the, here's the fact, bro. It's like, let me just give you another stat. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not trying to talk about myself because I, I don't like it. I love but, it. Go but what, one of the warehouse guys who's been working so hard forever him and his wife he said hey man i could work a half day on friday or i could take my wife out of town for the weekend and i said take off i don't i don't need you a half day just go yeah. and then i sent them 300 bucks to go gamble and eat and he sent me a picture of a steak dinner and all this stuff and she wrote me a letter saying you have no idea my husband's never felt this way working for somebody thank you for taking care of our family man. and what, 300 bucks. So here's my new book. You can steal it if you want. And this is my new concept that I thought of the last six months. Something that exponentially is not that big of a deal to me, but to somebody else, it's the world. Yep. That's, that's, that 300 bucks to the company is not the end of the world, but to him, it's everything. Yeah. That's yeah. important. That's yeah. true vision leadership. And, and that's where I think people have it wrong and i think leadership if i had to take a topic that's the most misunderstood topic it's leadership like what is it the 50 year old and the 21 year old need two types of different leadership you can't put them in a box and hope you're going to yeah. get them in the same direction yeah yeah i don't remember whose this is but the shortest definition of leadership i've ever seen is leadership is influence which is like if i had to find like you could say a lot more but you can't say less that would probably be it. But like we, that, when I do development, you know, and facilitate, I spend a lot of time on what is leadership. And the first step is always, I just ask people what is effective leadership. And especially if you're in a room with adults, I've done this with high schoolers actually, and they had a ton to say too, but like, especially with adults, they've had some experiences. We all have opinions, even some like the blue collarist of the blue collar guy who's never been asked his or her opinion on this they have an opinion they just like mm -hmm. if you give them like what is effective leadership they've had an experience there's somebody they admire somebody they really don't admire and like so the first step is you pull that out of people and then like i've got frameworks that we use to help walk people through like how can you know whether effective leadership is actually happening in your team what are the levers you can pull to like inject effective leadership but at the end of the day like people want we feel what it's like when it's there and we feel what it's like when it's not there and one of the most honoring things you can do is just ask people like what do you think and as a leader that will help you get some really valuable data because then you mm -hmm. can turn around and be that for people or provide that yeah uh, and it makes a huge difference and it may not by some like, right three hundred dollars 
by any objective measure is just is not that much. But there's a point. It had like timing. It had context. It had intent. Um, yeah, it's like a very emotionally intelligent way um, to lead somebody. So good for you, man. It's and a high it, impact decision. It, no, and isn't isn't that the the kind of the next level of leadership? Having emotional uh, intelligence to understand yeah. the timing and the intention behind that yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, an EQ. So there's the four quadrants, right? I mean, it's basically it's self awareness and self um, management, and then social awareness and relationship management, and you can grow in all of those. So that's my favorite thing about EQ is as a coach, it, like you may have very low self-awareness, but I can grow that by holding up a kind mirror and showing you this is how you're mm -hmm. coming. Like somebody did that for me. Like I was a very different person, you know, 15 mm -hmm. plus years ago until a mentor that I really respected sat me down one day and had like a very difficult conversation. It was difficult for me because I knew he was right. And it was probably hard for him because he was like being very honest. And there's always yeah. a little bit of a risk there, but like, so now I coach leaders imagine the development that you're preventing people from receiving if you don't tell them the truth about how they're showing yes. up because so many of us avoid those conversations because they are hard um and there's there's like frameworks that you can use to make those easier but at the end of the day you have to like you have to be kind and you have to be clear and you have to believe that long term someone's development is actually going to be stunted if they don't see the truth about who they are and how they show up um and you don't want to come across like you're attacking or judging the entirety of their being uh, but like, I'm so glad that my mentor told me, I mean, essentially like, Hey, you're, you were an asshole. I mean, they're like, you were, this is how you're coming across in these, in these like settings yeah. and you're shutting other people down. You don't, but I, and the thing that he told me that I'll never forget, he was like, you, I don't think that's you. Like, I don't think you realize that. And I don't think mm -hmm. it's what you want. And so how can we show up? And then he invited me into the conversation. He was like, how can we, what can we do differently? Right? Like, how can you mm -hmm. show up differently moving forward? And so he kind of empowered me to say, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to own that. Because in that moment, if I had said, I don't believe you, like anything he would have said, I wouldn't have heard anyways. Doesn't matter. You know, so like rather than him just saying, I need you to do this and this and this and this and this, he was able to like invite me in. And then he learned a lot about me in that moment because I was willing to say, oh, yeah, I agree with you. And here's something yeah. I think I can do. And then obviously I had to prove that out over time, which not everybody does. Some people will say yes in the moment and then they don't follow it up. But like for me, it just changed my life. So that kind of feedback and that grew my self-awareness like exponentially in that one conversation. Um, and so I always tell people like don't one conversation can make a like it can be a fork in the road moment for somebody's life because it's yeah. happened to me. Yeah. So don't underestimate mm -hmm. the power of having that hard conversation. And, and, and ultimately, you know, we and you see this all, all day long. You know, we're in a game where it's always oh, he's a warm body, you know, like, oh, it's a warm body. We just need people. <laughs> and it's like, no, like. I'd rather you carry a standard, right? Really, yeah. I think at the end of the day, I think 90% of people at a company are looking for accountability. Mm. They're looking for somebody to give a shit yep. and say, I see you and let's talk about how we can make this better. And, and by the way, here's where you are now, but in a year, I expect you to be here and I'm going to show you how we're going to get there. Well, I don't think so. And like I tell all these guys, you know, just, you know, the blue collar space, like, well, all I'm trying to get to is 35 bucks an hour. And I'm like, that's it? Like, that's, that's your end game? I was like, what about owning a company and we finance it one day? Oh, is that possible? Yes. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah. And well, that changes everything. Yes, it does. Yep. Well, Nick, I mean, yeah. some people, like I, I, I had a moment a year, year and a half ago, where I feel like my horizon of what was possible was broadened, uh, like actually through some folks on Twitter. And then also through reading like the Harvard Business Review, like how to buy a small business yeah. book, right? Like that was one of those moments you read that and you're like, I, I don't know why nobody told me about this before, 
but like my horizon of what's possible has grown. And so like, for me, like I want my daughters to grow up with a wider horizon than I was yeah. able to grow up with. And then they can make their own choices about what they chase on that horizon. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but man, like that, the other thing I would say is that warm body thing. Like there's a lot of people that feel that way. And I think, I mean, it's just, if you play short-term games, you're going to win short-term prizes. That's what I say mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. I, like I want to play mm -hmm. long-term games and win long-term prizes and treating yeah. people with dignity and making those like small but meaningful investments that's a long-term game um and i think people really like I, and i you know you'll see this conversation on twitter a lot like on the sometimes folks will pop up and they'll say people don't change like fire fast yeah. like figure it out and then the other folks will come out and say blah, 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 and i like i don't know i think it's so contextually dependent like there are yeah. some things some of it does come down to like what investments are you willing to make with what risk mm -hmm. profiles because you may invest mm -hmm. in somebody for a few months and then have them leave and maybe you could have what? hired them you could have fired them a month in and it would have saved you some time but like was that the right decision at the time who like who knows well it comes back to what your true why is and my belief is that you impact everybody at all stages for the rest of your life mm. and so even though you might invest in that person they might let you down in the short term it doesn't mean that you still didn't affect them in their core and yeah. they might not click for them for five years later but if your ultimate goal is i'm going to impact anybody then you can't you can't only enjoy it when it happens for you. Yeah. I mean, at your company, you have to say, I'm going to affect this human, whether or not he's with me or not. And that's, that's yeah. the tact I take. And, and let me, let me, let me be very clear. It's also the thing that rips me apart inside a lot of times too, <laughs> yeah. but, but, and I'll tell you a story and, and just, to, just to kind of hit this point home. I had a client who's my biggest client ever in my life by miles and three months into coaching you know, he, he screwed me over, mm. you know, like 25,000. And this is not the first time this happened. Right. And I was furious. I mean, like, let's say furious would be an understatement. I was not happy. It didn't sit well <laughs> with me. I kind of got past it, but I really never like got past it. Right. Yeah. And my podcast producer, I hope I don't get emotional talking about it. My podcast producer is his podcast producer too. Mm. And this is eight months later. And he said, Austin, I understand where you are with this. I'm, I'm fully aware. But you told me when you met me that your number one need in this world is to impact everybody that you meet. He mm -hmm. said, you can't control when it happens. He goes, I want you to watch this one minute clip and then talk to me afterwards. Hmm. And it was that guy saying there was this young coach and I didn't treat him right. And I know that but he will forever have changed me. Hmm. So thank you. He didn't say my name, but I knew he was talking about. Hmm. And he said, if your true definition of life was to impact everybody, then you did it. Hmm. And it was the moment I know where I was. I know when I was walking, Man. I know what it did to me because it made me realize that I can't control where they are. When the impact happens, I can only control the impact in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Man, hard thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's a hard lesson because this business is, you know, Alex Ramosi said it. It's the greatest thing. Changed my entire coaching career. He said, the longer you affect somebody, they've gotten so good that by the end of it, they won't give you any credit. <laughs> because they'll think they did, they could have done it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great way to put it, man. I, I tell people all the time, like, I, I, I want them to recognize, like, I'm helping pull out stuff in their head that was already there. 
I'm helping clarify it. I might help refine it, but like, I, I want you to walk away feeling like this was in you the whole time. And right. like, if you want to credit me as a guide, that's great. I love that. Right. But like, I want you to walk away feeling confident and self-reliant. Like that's mm -hmm. the reason I coach people. I want to see that transformation in them. So I, I really resonate I that. with that. Amazing. So if people want to find out more about you, they want to follow your journey. How would they do that? Yeah. So I'm pretty active on Twitter at Rory Tyer, R-O-R-Y-T-Y-E-R. -R -E um, my DMs are open. I'm always happy to connect with folks who are interested. Uh, whether you are somebody that does coach or wants to coach people, like I'm happy to share a ton about like how I approach coaching um, and, and, you know, ways to just keep your sanity as you're doing business development and coaching people. And then um, if you're a leader in an organization, a manager, frontline leader, whatever, um, pretty much the whole gamut of helping your business be more successful, helping you be more successful, I can do it. And I'm, I'm only interested in people who want to integrate like an integrative approach to coaching. So I'm not the kind of coach that's like, I focus on helping you just double revenue. Like if that's one of your goals, that's fine, we can work on it. But we're also gonna do things like self-awareness, self-limiting beliefs, like how emotionally healthy. I'm not a therapist, but like I have helped coaching clients go get therapy for the first time. And that is like <laughs> incredible because we like, I, I just think it's all integrated, personal, professional. And if you, if you wanna truly grow, you gotta work on all of it one way or another. So would love to connect with you. Twitter's the best place, dude. I'm also on LinkedIn, um, but Twitter's probably the best. I love it. Guys, if you got some value from this episode, send it to a friend and we'll see you next time.